Steven, guess what? We finally finished the second Disney Plus MCU show. I still remember a few months ago when WandaVision was first starting, just looking ahead at the entire slate and just being so in awe and amazed and excited. And I can't believe we're already at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, it was only six episodes, you know, a month and a half of watching this show every Friday. But yeah, two down and many more to go. The slate for Marvel upcoming has some real interesting stuff coming up that we can get into in a later episode. And I'm sure we'll uh, go over those shows as they premiere. But today we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode six, the finale of this show. And I'd have to say Marvel is two for two so far with their shows. There's definitely criticism to be made, gripes to be had, things I didn't like. But overall, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier have been thoroughly enjoyable viewing experiences on my end. And I hope they improve upon their formula for the TV shows. Like I said, there's... Plenty of properties coming up uh, that are very intriguing. Loki, for one, the next one coming out uh, June 11th. What If, I'm very excited for. Uh, The She-Hulk show, Moon Knight, Secret Invasion. There's so much down the pipeline that I'm looking forward to. But like I said, that's that's another story. Yeah, so let's, as, you know, Phil DeFranco says, let's just jump into it, Justin. Where where do we go this... (laughs) Where do we go this episode? Honestly, this episode only has a couple scenes. Like, as we were prepping for this and going over our thoughts beforehand and a bit of a summary of what happens in the episode, there's only a few scenes here, um, which made it pretty nice. Obviously, within those scenes, there's some moments and some lines and some things that are touched on. But this is like a pretty action-packed finale as far as... I mean, as far as the episodes have gone so far this season, this is one of the more action-full, action-packed ones. Um, Literally, the entire first, like, 25 minutes is just this one big action scene, again, with moments in between um, here and there, which we can get into. But yeah, this episode just flew by watching it. Like, when I got to the end, I was... No pun intended. Ocus Falcon. It flew by. Like the Falcon with his snazzy new wingsuit. Oh my goodness. My first thought when you said flew yeah, by. That was horrible. Oh, we're keeping that in. I don't care. My jokes are when bad. When you said flew by, my first thought was, oh, because Corona. <laughs> like the flu. But. Oh no. No, 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 no. Uh, I was talking about actual yes. flight with the power of Wakandan vibranium on mm-hmm. your back. That makes much more uh, sense. We finally get to see Sam's snazzy We see what was in the box. And from the neck down, from the neck down, it looks amazing. Except he's got a little goofy neck holder or something that holds his glasses on by wrapping around his entire head and making it impossible to turn his neck. So he's got to do a full body trunk rotation whenever he needs to change direction. But aside from that, oh, the Stars and Stripes looked fantastic on Falcon. He's out here looking like the George Clooney Batman, or like at the beginning of The Dark Knight when uh, Batman, when Christian Bale can't turn his head and so he's asking for, oh, I need to be able to turn my head. Oh, well then it's less armor or whatever, you know, that whole conversation. That was the whole thing I was thinking about because I was like, this seems so impractical, especially for Wakandan technology, but it's vibranium. I guess it's super flexible. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because the armor is flexible, but then the shield is also totally inflexible. So I don't really know the properties of vibranium. Uh, but nobody knows way, the properties. It looks of dope. They, it can do whatever you want, whenever you need it to. It's magic yeah. in metal form, and we don't care either. It's we know it's the best thing on the planet to make things out of, because the entirety of Wakanda mm-hmm. is made out of it. It seems like so. Mm-hmm. Why not have a suit made out of it? Um, yeah yeah no it was sick it looked so cool especially the first shot we get of him is just throwing the shield through this giant glass window as opposed to a brick window (laughs) through this giant window in the side of the building and then flying straight in through it and I gotta say 
I didn't look at the uniform from the comics beforehand. Like, I knew that Sam had taken up the shield in the comics at some point, but I didn't look up his costume or anything. So this was the first time I'd ever seen this even in concept. And I was so glad that he kept the wings. I was concerned that he was going to ditch them just to take the shield and be Captain America more like Steve. And for me, that would have seemed like such a downgrade. Like, if you can fly, why would you ever turn that down? So I was so stoked to see that he kept them. And he was doing some pretty sick moves where he was flying and throwing the shield. and Just a lot of great action. And it was just really cool seeing him there. Um, and yeah, the uniform looks sick. Again, the head looks a little bit silly, and the goggles seemed a little bit big, <laughs> made his face look a little bit small, but honestly, didn't even matter because most of the time he's flipping around and throwing his shield and doing all that fun stuff, so really exciting, especially because we called this episode one. Everyone in the world called this. It was not the most out there prediction that he would end up with the shield. Um, obviously, it was set up after Endgame, but it was still... Very, very cool to see Sam actually take ownership, take the shield, use it. And uh, his training montage, his Gatorade commercial paid off, apparently. Yeah, uh, agreed. This was not a surprising twist at all. Seemed to be a theme with this show, as we'll get into a little bit later on, that a lot of stuff was telegraphed, uh, quite obviously. But I think we all wanted to see Sam kind of earn the shield. You know, it's one thing to see Steve Rogers hand it over to him and bequeathed it unto him uh, at the end of Endgame. But as far as viewership goes, you know, what has Falcon really done in the MCU up to Endgame other than be Steve's friend, be a generally good guy, and be part of the team? You know, what has he done to earn the shield? Um, and we saw that this whole show. You know, he really steps into the Captain America shoes, and uh, even though he's may not be the quote-unquote perfect candidate as John Walker was in the beginning you know they went through his resume and listed all his accomplishments which you know Sam's got a bit of experience under his belt but seemingly nothing compared to what Walker had done uh, in the military and so we really saw Sam step into his own and become Captain America throughout this show and I think this is going to be a theme for us throughout this episode but keeping in mind all the action that goes on throughout this episode if this were the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just the, the movie, you know, episodes five and six would be the third act, which in a Marvel flick typically represents a big action sequence. You know, the protagonist and antagonist finally come to their big clash. They beat each other up a bunch and then the heroes win at the end. And that's pretty much how it went. So we do get a lot of that this episode more than we got the previous episodes. We get a lot less character stuff here. But it's the it's the final curtain call for this show, uh, or at least for this season, because we don't know if this is coming back for a, a season two. But yeah, lots of beat em up fisticuffs here, and for the most part, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, um, I think we agreed talking beforehand that we're not going to go step by step through the plot like we kind of have in the last few episodes of our pod, or I guess our entire podcast up to this point. We're not really going to go through that. I think we're just going to have more general conversation about our thoughts and then highlight a few moments here and there we're assuming everyone has seen this it's been over a week by the time this episode comes out so if you haven't seen it pause this go watch it come back and listen or just listen while you watch yeah if you haven't seen the episodes what are you doing watching a review of the episode that's true that's true some people just like to hear us talk i don't know i don't get that either well i mean if that's the case by all <laughs> means keep listening uh but I'm imagining that number of yeah, people is pretty small. I would small. imagine so as well. But hey, who knows? Either way, this episode, uh, I thought it was really good. And I will say that straight up. I think this finale was rushed as well. Maybe rushed isn't the right word. I think this show would have been so much better off with an extra, at least one episode, maybe two. Um, like I said at the beginning... This episode just whipped by, and when it was over, I kind of was just blinking, like, what? <laughs> um, how did all of that stuff just happen? And I'll, I'll be more specific when we get to certain parts of the episode. I thought the action was really good, and I thought a lot of the individual moments were good. It just seemed as if there were a few key things that I've been hoping to see in the show that I think would have added a lot to it that by the end of this episode, we had not gotten. 
a few of those things being John Walker's background. I think that was so heavily hinted at and heavily influenced or has a heavy influence on him as a character. Obviously, he had a heavy influence on the whole season. And not getting that made it a little bit unbelievable when he had this sort of redemption arc come to good, come to the light side, um, seeing this episode, which I thought that was exciting to see, and we can get into this more a bit later. But it seems like without his backstory, there was just something missing from him, even though he was maybe my favorite part of the whole show. And I think the same thing was true about the Flag Smashers as well. I would have liked to see something more about their backstory, maybe a few scenes or even just a scene during the blip about what it was actually like because we heard a lot of people talking about it but all we ever saw them do on screen was kill people blow stuff up steal stuff and we saw them bring a bit of food to some people but we never actually saw how life was quote-unquote better in the blip like we never saw anything really about that time period that they formed during and so it made it very hard to be sympathetic to them even though the show wanted us to be sympathetic to them because all we ever saw them do on screen was be super evil you know um and so with walker and with the flag smashers both meant to be very very nuanced i think if we had just gotten one scene of walker in afghanistan and one scene of the flag smashers during the blip sort of forming out of this great need caused by the blip you know and all the things that we heard about happening there with the borders between countries kind of dissolving and the need and the poverty and all that getting addressed. I think if we had just had a couple uh, scenes on those things, it would have made these payoffs so much more impactful and so much better. So I'm definitely a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see that at all in the whole series. And I think it would have been really good for the show to have at least another 40 minutes, if not two episodes. I couldn't agree more. This show seemed like it was kind of in the middle lengthwise and depthwise. On one hand, there's clearly enough story here to flesh this out and do a couple more episodes um, if you want to establish the Flag Smashers as kind of gray area antagonists, I guess you can say, as they relate to our, our main characters in the story here. But like you said, kind of that, you know, Force I was clearly doing a lot of good uh, during the blip and they were doing a lot of philanthropic work as well. You know, clearly people responded to that. At the end of the day, they just kind of ended up being another generic force of superpowered individuals that our heroes had to take down. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, especially if you're not going to bring them back. You know, Carly ends up dying this episode, spoiler alert. All the other Flag Smashers who get captured get blown up by Zemo's car bomb. So there are no more Flag Smashers. And... If you're just going to waste them in a movie, you know, I really don't have a problem if you're just going to make them generic bad guys. If that's the case, why even bother giving any sort of depth to their characters? Why not spend more time focused on Sam and especially Bucky and Walker, I think. Didn't really get put to the side because they're still main-ish characters, but this clearly ended up being Sam's show. I would have loved to see a lot more, like you said, background on Walker. We're told about all his great accomplishments and what a great hero he has been in the past but we don't see any of that in action and I would have loved to see his relationship with Lamar develop in the beginning as well as see some actual good deeds that they did before he was just handed the mantle of Captain America not only would that have fleshed out Walker's character but that would have made us feel Hoskins death even more when it happened a couple episodes ago I think that's definitely something that was missing from the finale here was a fleshed out story on John Walker especially and with a couple more episodes I think we could have gotten that. On the other hand because it seems like they're you know mostly focusing on Sam and Bucky it seems like the extra stuff on Walker and the Flag Smashers also could have been cut and there's probably a two and a half hour you know two hour 40 minute cut of a Falcon and Winter Soldier movie in here that doesn't feel like it has so many extra loose threads at the end. It doesn't feel like it's, I don't want to say bloated because I never felt watching the show like that it was just running on and on and there was extra stuff I didn't care about. 
But this show kind of exists in the middle there. Between the two and a half hour shortened movie, which would just be a Bucky and Sam buddy comedy as they take out a generic group of terrorists and then Sam becomes Captain America. And the 10 episode, 8 to 10 episode uh, show that fully fleshes out all its characters, gives you great backstory on Walker, makes you care about John Walker more, gives you more on Sharon Carter, gives you more on Carly and the other Flag Smashers. And with another 40 to 80 minutes, I think you could have done it. But at the end of the day, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot here in the beginning. And I do have more issues with this episode and with the show overall that we'll get to in a bit. But overall, again, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this show. What I'm doing is basically nitpicking at this point. You know, I want to see a flawless product from, Mar- from Marvel one day. And Infinity War Endgame are probably as close as we're going to get. But I would love to see them continue to improve on their properties, especially for characters that are going to be coming back in the future. Walker, at the end of the episode, gets set up as U.S. agent, and it's clear that he's going to be returning in the future. For a character that's going to be playing such an important role, I just wanted to see more and care about him more. Unfortunately, we didn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I want to be clear as well. I love this series. I love this whole show. I thought everything relating to Sam was excellent. Um, I thought everything relating to Bucky was great. I wish there had been a bit more with Bucky, especially the way his story gets wrapped up with Yori here. Seems anticlimactic um, and a bit rushed. That seems as if it could add a bit longer to it. But I loved everything with Sam. I loved everything with the interactions between Sam and Bucky. I loved everything to do with Isaiah and Sam grappling with everything related to Isaiah. I liked Zemo while he was in it. I wish there was a bit more of Zemo. I think for me, this main, um, my main takeaway is that there was a lot of good stuff that was in there and it seemed like there wasn't necessarily enough time to flesh it all out. And I think maybe that's just the Marvel plan. Um, this is something that Ultron is specifically and Iron Man 2 suffered from as well, having to set up for so many other shows and movies i mean not shows at that point but so many other movies down the line that it tried to take on too much at once and this was something that we had talked about this these past few episodes about how are they going to resolve all these different plot lines and it you know just meant a couple of them were a bit less fleshed out than maybe would have been preferred because now even coming after this zemo seems like he's very much still going to be a player in the mcu john walker the power broker, Sam and Bucky, just off the top of my head. There might even be a couple other things in there that I'm forgetting. All of those things getting set up is just a lot. And so it's tough to introduce all those things and give them all space to breathe while still making it a show about Sam becoming Captain America. And so again, I think all the stuff in there was great with the exception of Sharon. Her motivations didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I think everything in there was great, and maybe it's nitpicking, but I think there was potential there to just be that much better with a few minor additions. But overall, loved it. Definitely going to be rewatching this multiple, multiple times. I think this is going to be an absolute highlight when it comes to MCU watch-throughs in the future. Yeah, and I'm very pleased with the way this whole show came out. This is as good, if not better, as what I was expecting this show to be. This show was definitely better than I expected it to be. I do think it says a lot that for me, obviously this is Sam's story. Start to finish, he's the main character, no question. And he does a great job. I loved Sam's story. It says something that the most interesting thing for me coming out of this show, moving forward in the MCU, is John Walker, a side character. You know, he plays a big role in this show, but he's clearly not the, the main character. And I just was left wanting more. I wanted to see that character fleshed out more. I want to see what he's going to do in the future. And I wanted to care about him more moving forward. You make a great point about Ultron and Iron Man 2. Those movies tried to set up a bunch of other stuff that at the end of the day, you know, paid off. But it also came at the cost of that film losing its kind of its own narrative. I actually just watched Ultron last night and it has some great moments. As we watch through our MCU marathon here, we're keeping a list of moments from each movie that we think will make our top 25 Marvel moments of all time list. Ultron, surprisingly, as we have watched through it last night, had more of those moments than the initial Avengers did. But 
the original Avengers is a better movie on its own because it tells a better story, a more cohesive story, and Ultron kind of loses itself in setting up so many more things for the future. Now, at this point, the only thing that hasn't paid off from that movie is Black Widow, which is coming out in a few short months. But even with all the payoff, knowing that it, it, it all ends well, or at least has a satisfying continuation in the case of WandaVision, her abilities in that movie, her introduction to the team in that film, definitely have huge payoffs in WandaVision. But the movie does suffer for focusing not on itself and for trying to be busy setting up other things. This show I would have preferred set up almost nothing and strictly been a character study of Sam and Bucky. They try to get things moving for the future here, especially with Walker, but if that's the play, I wish that they had had the time to focus on that as much as they should have. Now, let's talk about one of the things that is going to be a player moving forward as we saw in the end credit scene, and that's Sharon. Sharon, to absolutely nobody's surprise, was the power broker. I don't know about you, but I could not care less. I don't buy that Sharon Carter, the niece of Peggy Carter, like the founder of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent herself, just grew up in the life of the intelligence community, would put her neck out for Sam, Bucky, and Cap in Civil War, get them their gear, fully knowing the consequences that that would entail. And then when the consequences happen, as expected, she is like, oh, woe is me. I'm not allowed, you know, back, which she would know that that's the case. And to immediately then turn her back on her entire country and basically just become an evil, I don't know what the right word is. We'll just say an evil broker because that's what she is. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I've seen rumors that she may be a Skrull, which... I don't really care about that either. <laughs> that would explain some weird out of character decisions. But I mean, what a lame twist. If it was supposed to be a surprise, nobody was. And it made me care less about her character. Yeah, I mean, when you get to the finale and there's been this whole question about who the power broker is, let alone all of the very obvious hints that were there. At that point, you know it has to be someone that's already a main established character and the only one that was a bit mysterious was her so no surprise there everyone saw it coming i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in and of itself not every twist has to be the most groundbreaking thing ever but i agree with you her motivations don't make a whole lot of sense to me and it does the even the timeline doesn't make a whole lot of sense we don't know if she got blipped or not well quick note quick note the we i do think she did not get blipped because she is telling about how She's been on the run for so long earlier in the show. And by the years that she states, she was like, oh, I was on the run for X amount of years. And then for the past X amount of years, I've been, you know, in Madripoor, not being the power broker. So by her math there, I think she survived the snap and was there during all the chaos. And that's kind of how she got hooked up with the Flag Smashers as they were operating in that same time as well. They obviously fostered some sort of connection. So... I think it's safe to say she survived the initial snap from Thanos. But please continue. Sorry, just quick errata there. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And that's kind of what my thought had been as well. My question is just if the Flag Smashers wanted to go back to a time when there were fewer borders, how does her being banned from the U.S. work as borders dissolve and then come back? I don't know, not the most important thing. <laughs> that was just a thought that I had. Because I was like, what if... You get banned from the U.S. and then it becomes one world government. You know, are you just banned from a specific area or does all that go away? Or are you just banned from the earth? <laughs> Send you out to like the sword headquarters or something. I don't know, but not a big deal. Um, I'm not terribly interested to see where she'll come in and play next. And honestly, I'm looking ahead at the slate of movies and shows coming up. I'm very interested to see where these characters end up next anyway. Not necessarily Sharon, I'm not terribly interested in her at this point, but Bucky, Sam, US agent. I'm fascinated to see where they fit in. Like not Black Widow, not Shang-Chi, not the Eternals, maybe Spider-Man for a bit, maybe Doctor Strange, not Thor, maybe Black Panther 2. 
Like, it could be a while before we see these characters again, because there's not a new Avengers movie announced past 23, um, which doesn't mean they won't make cameos in and out. Um, and in the TV shows, who knows who could pop into where. Um, I mean, even... I'm totally blanking on his name. War Machine. Rhodey. What the heck? War Machine. Yeah. Even War Machine popped into this episode, or this season, for a quick scene. So, they could pop in here and out. Just the way this left me off wants me seeing those three specifically so bad. Like, I want to see more Bucky. I want to see a heck of a lot more U.S. Agent. And I want to see more of that ridiculous, can't-turn-your-head spangly flying suit. Because that thing is sick. And just Sam in general is so cool. And uh, I'm excited to see them back. And it's just... I'm a little bit bummed that this series is already over. But Sharon, I couldn't care for. Well, yeah, now we got to wait six more weeks till Loki. So we got a, a big break in between shows here. But I think after the show finale aired, Marvel did confirm that a Captain America 4 is going to be coming out. At some point, I didn't see a release date on that. I'd imagine that's where we'll see all of them next. But I also can't think that a Captain America movie would be too far off. I mean, for one of the obviously major names in the MCU franchise, you'd think they want to get that out sooner than later. But I guess it depends where it fits into the story. Fully agreed, though, that I want to see the three of them back in action in the same movie with each other, against each other. However the story shakes out, I want to see the three of them go head-to-head. And maybe Bucky will make some offhand comment to Sam about, oh, hey, can you even turn your head on that thing? And Sam will turn and look at him like, oh, I can't even reply to that without (laughs) breaking a vertebrae here but we'll see Sharon again does not matter to me here I don't see where she fits in in the MCU going forward power broker doesn't really seem like a character that could have an effect to be like an Avengers level threat as Mysterio says in far from home so we'll see what happens with her again I'm not super interested but we do see her in the end credit scene getting the pardon that Sam promised her. I guess as Captain America now, he can pull those strings that he was previously unable to in the beginning. Maybe he can now go in and get assisted that loan as well. But she has her pardon and she is now granted the full access to government funds. And so as soon as she leaves, she gets on her phone and talks to some random person that we don't know. And says, oh, we're going to have access to government secrets, prototype weapons, you name it. We're back in business or something corny like that. And clearly she's going to be some sort of player going forward. But I just don't see it affecting the main Avengers team in a drastic way. So we'll see what happens with her. We will see. We will see. It'll It'll be at some point down the line. The fact that she was the end credit scene made me think she was going to be a bigger player than I initially had thought following the series. That's fine. We'll see how it is. I'm totally open to her being more interesting down the line, but we don't have to keep ragging on her at this point. I think we're on the same page. Sorry, Emily Van Camp, if you're listening to our podcast for some reason and you're just hearing all this Sharon hate, we don't hate you, okay? We just think it's out of character for Sharon, and I hope there's a good explanation for it. U.S. Agent gets a new costume at the end of this episode, though. And it's the same, but black. Yeah, he's he's got the same exact costume, but he's got the red and white stripes across his chest, but the navy blue has been replaced with black. And it looked damn good. That thing looked good. Rest in peace, the shield that he spent the entire end credit scene last episode making. That thing lasted like two seconds, which makes sense, because it was made out of like tin against super soldiers. Like, come on now. But that was that was hilarious. Yeah, hopefully the the suit is made of a little bit more durable material. Um, but we we see him suiting up in his new getup, and who else makes a reappearance but Julia Louis Dreyfus, Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, or Val. We're just gonna call her Val, even though she says not to, uh, because I'm not saying all that every time. But Val has a great line, super super corny comic booky, but I loved it anyways. When she says, things are about to get weird. So when they do, we're not going to need a Captain America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. There's some dramatic timing right there before she finished her sentence to let the name sink in. 
but very excited to see where he goes. His redeeming moment in this episode was after he got his, his shield absolutely folded and he was getting his butt handed to him by the Flag Smashers. There's a truck full of GRC representatives, I guess is the right word, council members, and they're about to fall off a building that's under construction. It's going off the rebar, and Walker looks over at the Flag Smashers who are getting away, and he looks back at the truck, and he looks back at the Flag Smashers, and he looks back at the truck, like he's Weird Al in the drive-thru. When he looks at me, and I look at him. And he finally goes and, and stops the truck from falling, and I'm like, Okay, at least they're not just making him a straight-up villain. You know, it does seem a little fast in this episode that one good act can undo his dishonorable discharge and public murder of somebody a few episodes ago. But I was glad to see him make the right call. And it does show that John Walker, at his heart, is a good man or is trying to be a good man. He simply lacks that compassion that Steve had on kind of a deep, deep level. Because... As U.S. agent in the comics, you know, Walker is kind of just on a mission. Like, he's doing the right thing, but the right thing for him is the mission. He's not thinking about the right thing in literally every single situation. Uh, as we saw a couple episodes ago, he's like, the right thing is to avenge Lamar's killer. So I have to take this guy out. Not thinking that, oh, taking this guy out is not the right thing either. So he will complete his missions but he doesn't let anything stop him, which is obviously where the difference between him and Steve Rogers is. But very glad that he ended up on the good guy's side at the end of this episode and very excited to see where he goes next. Assuming it will be Captain America 4, but again, like you said, who knows who could pop up where in, in any of these TV shows. All these actors are signed on <laughs> for life, basically, until their characters die or get written off in some other way. So they could always be popping up in other people's shows. So we'll see what comes next of John Walker. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what he does moving forward, kind of as a foil to Sam, I guess. Because he's definitely not a straight-up villain. And we even knew that even following the last couple episodes. Um, maybe not for the immediate aftermath of the murder. But, I mean, he's going to be very interesting to watch going forward. I don't know if he'll ever be the central character in a show or a movie. Maybe at some point down the line, and that's fine. I think he is totally capable of being a great side character who's sometimes an annoying thorn in the side, sometimes a helpful ally of the main heroes. Uh, I think there's a lot of space for a character like that. That was what we saw Loki was for the longest time. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be Loki because I don't think he has the charm or is a big enough character to do that. And I don't even know if he'll be a straight-up villain like Loki was a couple of times. But having that kind of a character adds an interesting dynamic that can add a little bit more pain and conflict for the heroes, aside from just whoever the straight-up villain of whatever movie or show it is. So I'm excited to see him moving forward. I do think his redemption, quote-unquote, was a bit jarring for me. It still seemed as if it was a very quick turnaround and not totally earned. Like, I do think that he did what he would have done by catching that uh, giant truck. And so I don't think that was out of character. But when he immediately comes in and is just fighting side by side with Sam and Bucky, with, after getting the crap beat out of him the last episode and that's stolen from him, and he's just running around hallways with them fighting bad guys, I was like, this dude seems like an entirely different person. And this whole episode, we didn't really see much of the old John Walker that we've seen the last couple episodes, other than that brief moment where he's deciding if he's going to do the right thing or not, and then he ends up doing it. Uh, there was never really a question that he was going to do that, in my mind at least, which I guess points to the fact that he still, at his heart, is attempting to be a good person. Maybe he's too far gone for that at this point anyway. I don't know. But I do think it was a bit quick, and this is where I wish we had had a more solid background for him, to have him more established before turning into a jerk and then turning evil if evil's the right word. This is where I wish we had had that background, because I think that would have made this transition and redemption a bit more understandable and a bit more sympathetic. Here, it just seems as if it was almost stuck on there because they wanted to just have his character end up that way, and so they just skipped a couple steps and went right to that. I still think he's interesting, and it still kind of worked. I just think it could have been done a little bit smoother but also, this dude is totally jacked. What the heck? He was able to pick up this entire giant truck 
Like I know uh, Steve was able to stop a helicopter that was flying, so I guess it's not that out of the realm of what we've seen super soldiers do before. But this dude just straight up caught this thing. Honestly, Bucky would have caught that if it fell on him. I have very little doubts about that, but we never got to see that. Although Bucky's been powered down, like we've said, in all of these shows, except for his original movie, and well, the shows, the show and other movies. So maybe he would have got flattened, but I like to think that he would have been able to catch it if Walker didn't. But maybe everyone inside would have died anyway, so. It wouldn't have mattered if Bucky had caught that. Yeah, the people would have... The people would have died on impact from Bucky catching it anyways. Catching it six feet above the ground versus letting it hit the ground from a height of you know 30 feet or whatever it was isn't going to make a difference. I mean, I'm not a physicist, but I'm pretty sure those people would have just ended up as... Goop. Like goop inside that truck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so now let's talk about Sam Wilson because he is the main character of this show, and we've barely talked about him at all so far, aside from joking about his costume a little bit. But in all sincerity, from the neck down, it did look uh, awesome. The The new wings, shiny as heck, red, white, and blue look, look great, and he the shield went along with it perfectly. It, it was the total fit. He has some awesome moments in this episode, the first of which, like you had mentioned, is when he crashes through the window in the new suit and we see it for the first time he has a good fight with Betrock and then he ends up just leaving Betrock to go save these hostages and he has a great scene where he's flying alongside this helicopter as the hostages are getting carried away and he uses his red wing drone to kind of hack into one of the hostages earpieces he can scan her from outside and find through her file that she knows how to fly a helicopter so he starts telling her that he's about to have her take control of the wheel. I guess not a wheel, but the controls. Helicopters don't have steering wheels. And she's going to have to grab the controls and fly the, the chopper when he counts down from five. And he starts counting down. And he, as he gets lower and lower, he throws the shield off the window to weaken the integrity of the glass and catches it off the bounce, dives through the windows of the helicopter and takes out the pilot with him then drops him in the water so he doesn't just kill a, a bad guy because he's Captain America now. He saves people. And that, that scene was so cool. Again, some great action in this, in this episode. But Sam Wilson really just seemed like he knew all the wing and shield combos. And I'm sure he's going to get some sweet moves and more in the future. But he looks like a natural out there. Yeah, he definitely practiced a lot or looked up the combos online or something. <laughs> Definitely looked up quarter the circle, list. Quarter circle, <laughs> triangle. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he looked sick, and he looked so cool fighting. That's one thing that I've loved about the MCU, and one thing that I've had a bit of an issue with the MCU, but the main thing that I've loved has been just the variety of powers and things like that. I think that's been so cool, the different types of fighting styles and powers and things like that. Like here we get to see someone fighting with a shield, a projectile shield, and wings. Just totally new stuff, even with all this different heroes that we've seen up to this point. Still something totally new and exciting. I think some of the characters get dumbed down to shooting lasers. You know, when they're too powerful, they just make them shoot lights. But for the most part, there's a huge array of abilities and powers and strengths and we just get to see more of it here, and Sam looks so sick doing it. Uh, the action's really well done. All of the CG is very good for the most part as well, which isn't always the case with CG costumes in the MCU. That looked really good, the wings looked really good, and he just looked totally natural in it. Yeah, I mean, he was able to do stuff that Steve Rogers would not have been being able to fly and all that. So even though he doesn't have the super soldier serum, he's got advantages in other ways. So he's totally capable of doing this. We knew it, and it was just very exciting to see him in that as well. I still don't get why he's fighting Batroc hand-to-hand when he has the wings. Right, just pick Batroc up and fly him up really high and then drop him. Like That seems like a pretty easy solution. Yeah, but for the sake of the show, you know they can't just have him do that. Right, no, of course not. That'd be the solution, though. That's probably why I would never be Captain America. Because that would be my solution to, to fighting terrorists. I'll just drop them off of the, the Empire State Building. But yeah, Sam Sam has a lot of good moments in this episode. And 
I think his best moments come at the end when the fighting is done. He kind of gives this big speech to the GRC members who, you know, he saved their lives and they're, they're very grateful for that. And they're like, thank you. Thank you. And then like, now we got to get back to this vote uh, to kick all these people out of their homes or whatever. And he's like, don't you guys realize that they're doing all this because you're causing this civil distress? It's your actions that are affecting these people in ways that you can't even imagine. He's like, the feeling of helplessness that you guys felt while you were dangling in that truck on the ledge of a building, that's what they feel like when you are stripping them of their, their freedoms and their, their homes and their rights. And it's clearly a you know, big political grandstanding speech. And I think it maybe goes on a little bit too long, but he makes his points. And it's really when everybody first recognizes him as Captain America. You know, somebody after the scene, they refer to him as Cap. And Sharon says, yeah, I think they're talking to you. So this clearly is his coming of age moment into the Captain America frame, the legacy of, of Captain America. And I thought it was a great scene. Yeah, this is probably going to be the most talked about scene from the episode. It's funny, there's... He's still getting referred to as Black Falcon by some people on the side throughout this episode, which still had me thinking about that Key and Peele sketch. And there's even one spot. My Falcon is green. I'm green. Falcon. I'm the green Falcon. There is no Black Falcon. I'm green Falcon. <laughs> um, there's another part in here where someone calls him. Oh, is he Captain Falcon now? <laughs> like, is it still Falcon or is it Captain Falcon? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish that he had thrown one Falcon punch, or at least there had been some reference to a Falcon punch at some point during this show. Show me a moves! But even just seeing the Captain Falcon made me very happy. But yeah, this is going to be the most talked about scene from the finale by far. This is where he comes into being Captain America, not just having the suit. And... It's, it's interesting, and it's a, it's a good speech for the most part, in my opinion. It's such a tricky situation. Like, I don't even know where to begin with people literally disappearing from existence, people moving into their houses, the whole world changing, and then these people coming back and not having homes and having ex-spouses in new relationships and having their jobs be filled by other people. Like, I don't even know where to begin on addressing issues like that, you know? I don't even know where you would begin drafting policy. And it's not as if it was a small percentage of the population that got blipped either, literally half the population. So it's not as if you can just appease a majority and, you know, then somehow help out with the minority of people, you know? So it's just so, so complicated and nuanced. And Sam even acknowledges that. He's like, yeah, I don't really understand because the, the GRC guy's saying this is more complicated than you could ever imagine. Like, you don't know. Or how do you know what's going on? And Sam's like, I don't. But the way that this is going about is wrong and there's no compassion and all that. He says that the words terrorists and thug, he, he says stop calling them terrorists. I don't necessarily agree with that part of it. I mean, they were blowing people up and they literally just took a world government authority hostage and tried to murder them all so like i don't know i don't necessarily fully agree on that yeah he did lose me a little bit when he said that i was like we haven't seen these people do almost anything but be bad the entire time terrorist seems like the correct word yeah i think that might be more just on the show for not showing us a bit more um i don't necessarily think sam coming from where he's coming from is wrong i think we just never saw enough to make us be convinced of that because all we saw was them doing bad things but this idea of you know having a common struggle and the people in power just the idea of people in power not making decisions for the people that are affected by the decisions like there's one line that he says in here where he's like who's in there when you're making the decisions is it the people you're affecting or not that's not exactly the quote but that's something that just you hear repeated again and again and again at least in american politics i don't follow other countries really and that's something that i think whether you're on the right or the left or whatever in the states a lot of people just have this sentiment that the people in power are not making decisions based off of your interests people are not making decisions based off of what people actually want them to do there's a lot of you know the shiniest of two turds for <laughs> elections and 
Just very much this sentiment of like the people are that are making the decisions that affect the world are so far removed from the reality of normal people. How on earth can they possibly be making informed and helpful and productive decisions that affect the people they're making the decisions for? And especially here with the GRC, like we don't know, was the GRC elected? Was it something that was kind of just put into power or appointed? Because even more so at that point, if the people of the world weren't even able to elect them, then even more so, that's just the people of the world not having any say in what's happening to them. And so people just getting moved, millions of people getting moved, um, relocated, like clearly they have the funds to do that. And it seems like it's just the solution that someone who has never been on the ground with people dealing with that would make. And I think Sam is just spot on with that. And so, I, yeah, I thought that those lines were just brilliant. And I thought the speech as a whole was really excellent. I still am not fully on board with his sympathy towards the Flag Smashers, like I had just mentioned. But there's a lot of ties with this to just the real world, which clearly is intended to be the case. Clearly this is pointed at maybe not American government specifically, but just politics in the world. Clearly this is meant to be pretty pointed towards that. And I gotta say, I think it was done really well. And maybe it went on a little bit long, just in terms of like the story, but especially as this leads into his next scene where he goes and talks with Isaiah, I think it was really excellent. And it's funny, cause at the end, Bucky's like, oh, I didn't hear that. Or <laughs> um, I forget exactly what the line is, but he makes some quip about not hearing the whole thing, which was funny. So it it's tricky because none of his speech really offered solutions or an alternative to the plan. So in terms of practical, like practicality, he didn't really help, but just the idea of him getting into these people's heads. And he has a platform to be able to hopefully make some influence on decision makers. Although clearly he was able to get a pardon, so maybe he can have some influence there, but we don't fully know his extent. Cause I mean, Steve was not so above the law that he was able to not get thrown in jail and, and all that. So we don't know how much pull he has, but Hopefully he's able to make some influence, at least with the public platform he has. Yeah, again, I thought this was a fantastic scene. You're right that it's probably going to be the most talked about. This was kind of the pinnacle, the apex of what the show has been building towards. Sam stepping into the Captain America role and addressing all the political issues that the show has been touching on at this point. Kind of addressing them head on. The scene with Isaiah Bradley was another great scene. Sam takes Isaiah and his son Eli, or Elijah, to the Smithsonian, where he shows him in the Captain America. Either Captain America has his own museum or he has his own wing. I don't think it's that clear. I'm assuming it's a wing of the Smithsonian. But there is now an Isaiah Bradley statue with a nice area all to himself and a plaque commemorating all his deeds. Sam is finally getting Isaiah the recognition that he deserves, and I think it's clear, and they both understand that this in no way makes up for everything that has happened to Isaiah. He's clearly been through an enormous amount of pain. But Isaiah's biggest thing that he kept bringing up was, you know, he mentioned it earlier in his discussion with Sam, that even if his story, you know, got out or was told to the government now, you'd think that they would want it out and they would let it be known. And so to finally have some recognition for all that he sacrificed and everything he gave for his country and his friends and his family, it meant a lot to him. And you can see that in his reaction. You know, they share an emotional hug and it was a great scene. Great scene. Yeah, I think this was handled really well. I mean, Bradley, when he finds out that Sam is taking up Captain America, especially after the conversation they had last week, he seems to have a, I don't agree, but I respect it attitude. And then when Sam shows him, he's just overwhelmed. And I'm a little bit interested because when they had talked, Isaiah said that he, as far as anyone was concerned, he was dead because he didn't want the powers that be coming after him to prevent his story from getting out. So he said he wanted to stay dead and he could never come out in public. So I'm curious to see if on that plaque, if it has like a death date for him or if it says that he's still alive. <laughs> it's a very small thing. It doesn't matter because it was really powerful seeing that in in the Captain America wing too, not just like a museum, but in the Captain America wing, which we know Bucky has a, a section there as well. So that's just really cool. And I'm assuming Sam will get a section there at some point as well. 
but seeing Isaiah in there. Sam's going to get his own wing. Oh, nice pun. He already has some. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Again, my jokes are bad. No, that Unsubscribe was a good one. Unsubscribe if you don't like them. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But it was it was great to see it wrapped that up really well. Again, I think everything with Sam, with the exception of a couple things here and there, mostly having to do with the Flag Smashers, which I think were more issues with the Flag Smashers than with him, I think everything to do with his story and plotline was so good this entire series. And I think it was really well handled, really well fleshed out. I loved every second he was on screen, and I have nothing really else to say on that, and I'm very excited to see him back, and I'm excited to see him as Captain America. I think Falcon is still a cool name, and I liked his Falcon suit, so it's a bit of a bummer that we're not going to have that. Although, if um, if Torres picks that up, we might have that back. But even still, it's very cool. Very, very cool seeing him as Captain America, and I think he... It's going to be excellent, and he's going to be around for a long time in the MCU. So, get used to seeing him. I'm interested to see if uh, his suit changes or gets upgraded down the line, because Captain America, Steve Rogers, he had a different suit every single movie he was in. But his was also just like a military suit. It wasn't vibranium or anything. So, I mean, Wakanda can afford it. But I'm interested to see if he gets like little upgrades, even just visually, as as he has more appearances. Well, it seems to be a theme. As characters appear more and more in the MCU, they get upgrades. It's only natural. I mean, Iron Man starts out with that big bulky first edition in Afghanistan, and then then he has nanotech mm-hmm. in Endgame and Infinity War. That is insane upgrade levels. Spider-Man starts out with you know his pajamas, basically, and then gets the special suit in Civil War, and then he gets the Iron Spider suit in Endgame. Falcon has gotten definitely upgrades as well. Smaller because they're not quite as noticeable. But he gets Red Wing and, and he clearly learns to use his wings in more innovative ways. Like he has the shield that he forms a couple times. He gets rockets that he can shoot out of his wingsuit. So he gets a little upgrade here and there. But I definitely would love to see some visual changes even if the wingsuit itself is not going to be modified much in the future here now that it's the top level that there is in the world maybe there's not too much to upgrade as far as the wingsuit itself goes but i'd love for the rest of the suit to undergo some changes not because i don't like it but because i want to see more looks and you know they got to sell more toys so he's got to look different somewhere i was gonna say disney is all about their toys they're gonna have to at least at least do slight modifications just so that they can sell captain america sam Captain America Falcon, or Captain Falcon, Captain America, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Captain America Avengers 4, or Avengers 5 at this point, Captain America, you know, every single one, that way they can label them all differently and market them all differently. Like, they gotta get that toy money. Even if for no other reason, even if it's functionally the same, there's gonna be definitely some slight modifications to the costume, which is cool. I love seeing the new costumes and... Oh yeah. Um... I, yeah, I have no problem with that. I'm just curious to see as to what it is, because this is a very iconic look at this point. We will see, though. We will see. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it there, but one of the best moments of the whole show is actually the end credits, where the title, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, comes up, and the Falcon fades away, and it's replaced with Captain America. It says Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which may be a little bit confusing because of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, the movie, and now there's Captain America and the Winter Soldier TV show. But this made me think maybe there's a second season in store for this. WandaVision seemed like a one-season show, as they clearly set her up for Doctor Strange 2, and there's not much else going on, aside from the scrolls that get introduced briefly at the end, but they are irrelevant throughout the entire show. And so maybe there is a second season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Why change the name at the end if you're not going to continue that thread but that's just speculation is nothing official has been confirmed yet so maybe we'll see it in the future but maybe we won't so we already have plenty of other stuff to look forward to and uh yeah unfortunately now we have six weeks off until the next marvel release which seems so long that we've had a week without marvel you know we had all eight episodes of wandavision and then one week off and then six episodes of falcon and winter soldier but before that 
we missed, you know, a year and a half basically between Far From Home and WandaVision. So six weeks seems like a long time, but only in the goldfish's memory. I know. I don't know what math I did wrong because I thought for the life of me that we were getting a Marvel thing basically every week for the entire rest of the year. I know that uh, Black Widow got rearranged, like when it was, it got delayed again. But I must have just done some terrible miscalculations because I totally thought that there was going to be way uh, less of a break in between. But honestly, this will be nice. Uh, it'll give us a chance to talk about some other things for the next six weeks, maybe some board games or some sports, or we can look at other things related to the MCU or DC. So that'll be exciting, and we'll get to branch out a little bit with the pod. But yeah, we'll be back for Loki, back to another returning character. And um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for everything MCU. And these shows have just proved, this in WandaVision, has just proved that the MCU storytelling template goes very well into uh, TV medium. In case there was any concern about that, it's going to be just uh, so much good stuff down the line. And I cannot wait. So... It's going to be great. Yeah, I'd love to say that I can be objective and fairly critique all these movies and now TV shows. But at the end of the day, I am a huge fan of what the MCU has done. They've earned my goodwill with their entries over the years. And at this point, I'm just ready for what's what's coming next. Loki, What If, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and Spider-Man are all supposed to drop before the end of the year. And that is an enormous slate. I think there maybe even are one or two more TV shows towards the fall and winter that are supposed to premiere as well that I can't think of right now. Maybe Ms. Marvel is one of them. Ms. Marvel is supposed to be out, I believe, as is Hawkeye by the end of the year. Hawkeye, that's right. That's the other one. That's that's yep. in the fall. Ms. Marvel is like November, I think. Yes. That's a huge slate. Again, in comparison to nothing dropping last year with the pandemic shutting every movie theater down and studios pushing all their movies so they didn't make nothing in the box office. Marvel has set themselves up for a massive run here. And I think, obviously, you know, nobody wishes that the last year had happened. But in terms of story placement for the MCU, it couldn't have come at a better time. You had the insanity that was Infinity War and Endgame, which we just hit two years since Endgame dropped, which is crazy to me. Yeah, the insanity, whirlwind, emotional roller coaster of those two movies, and followed it up with a fantastic epilogue in Far From Home. And I think, not that people were getting necessarily Marvel fatigued, but that's so much to come out. Like, the conclusion of your 10-year Infinity War saga kind of deserves a break after it concludes. And so, again, not that I'm glad that we did, haven't got anything for the last year, but it was nice to have a break and reflect on everything that's come before while preparing for phases four, five, six into infinity. So again, I feel like I'm just repeating myself here, but I'm very much looking forward to the upcoming entries here on the big screen and the little screen. And I think with their first two entries here, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, Marvel has shown that, uh, like you said, the formula that they've seemingly perfected for the big screen is going to translate well to, to TV as well. So Loki, again, I haven't seen anything because you know, I mentioned I don't watch trailers, but people keep trying to spoil it for me and I won't let them. So June 11th, we'll be in there for the premiere. Absolutely. I cannot wait. And every time I hear the word Loki, it makes me think, I just can't quite seem to hit the low key. <laughs> we gotta add that clip in. I can't quite seem to hit the low key. Uh, I don't even remember what the name of that video is. The is that Oni Cartoons or something? Yeah, it is. Oh my Oni goodness! Oni Cartoons. So good. What a YouTube channel. I don't know. We're weird. We make weird references. But that's all good because it's our pod. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, guys. We're weird. Okay. We're not like other people. We're different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my Either way, we will figure out what we're talking about next week. 
We probably should have figured that out now so we could announce it, but most of you will probably see our posts anyway. Tune in, you'll know by the time next week happens. Maybe we'll leave a little updates on the gram leading up to it or something, but maybe we won't even decide until we start recording. It'll be a mystery. I don't know, we'll find out. But uh, it'll be nice to have a bit less of a rigid uh, requirement for what we do talk about though. As fun as it has been talking about this, it'll be nice to expand a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll just have fun. We'll see how it goes, but I'm excited. Well, yeah, until next week, this has been us talking about stuff we want to talk about. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.